in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Garfield to your Odie, except I don't love lasagna. You don't love lasagna. I just don't really like it. That's been a lifelong problem, actually, because I do really like lasagna, but we never you got love everybody in our family loves lasagna. But Except I just you. whatever it is, I just don't like it, dude. I love you. Give me some pasta and meatballs mm-hmm. and red sauce. Happy camper. Yeah. Not and whenever in the world, whenever Chris doesn't like something, no one else gets to have it forever. That, so that's true, though. Well, Chris, we may not have any lasagna for you today, but we do have an episode. Oh, yeah. What do you got for me today? We are going back into the Art Bell vaults, the oh, archives. Sweet baby art, dude. It's It's been too long. It's yep. been literally way too long since we've gotten an art episode. You need to do better. I have been totally screwing up my job, but we are back on the game. I was having some technical difficulties with my computer, but things have been resolved. So I now have my my files again. So we're back. He's in. a refurbished boy, everyone. So, you know, give him a tisk tisk tuck, tut. Never, never cheap out and buy a refurbished computer. I'm just a cheap man is the problem. Yeah. No, sometimes being too cheap, you run into problems. You do. You do. But Chris, our episode today This is a July 16th, 1996 episode of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, where Art Bell opens up Vampire Open Lines. See, this is not cheaping out, dude. This is real quality right here. (laughs) This is the high quality content. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is, is it good, Paul? Like, sometimes these are just okay. Is this a good one? It's something. You'll see. You'll see. But here's, here's the big thing, Chris. You may not remember this. But during our Area 51 Frantic Caller episode, Brian J.O. Glass, a.k.a. the Frantic Area 51 Caller, said that the first time he ever called in was the Vampire Open Lines. This is that episode. I found Brian's call. Dude, I remember it so much that I remembered that he was a vampire hunter and not a real vampire. So he he referenced a vampire hunter. He wasn't okay. the vampire hunter. He wasn't the vampire call. hunter. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. all right. But he does talk about a vampire hunter. Not on the clip. That was an inspiration. Right, 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 right. But we're we're going to listen to it. He talked about it. He yeah, talked yeah. about it. He mentioned it. it. He mentioned, he it, mentioned on it the Fade to Black episode. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. With Jimmy Church. So we're going to get to hear the Frantic Area 51 callers uh, first rounds. His his test of uh, testing the waters of, of making up a story. But we will get to all that in just a moment because first we have to check in with Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Today's article study suggests mysterious interstellar object Oumuamua was merely a comet. Fake news. That's Fake why news. I wanted to read it. I Fake to read news, it. dude. Oh my gosh. Like why would you do that? Luckily, we got art to calm me down, dude, but you're starting me off bad. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like this one. <laughs> All right. So, from the article. 
A new study examining the mysterious interstellar object known as Oumuamua suggests that the curious celestial interloper was likely just a comet. A mere comet. Hmm. Since first being discovered back in 2017, the oddly shaped visitor has been the subject of considerable speculation among scientists, with an array of theories that have been offered for its origin and nature. Harvard professor said that Joker was a spaceship, dude. We're getting there. Don't worry. We're getting there. That's okay. literally the next sentence. Oh, is it really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next sentence. While Harvard astronomer uh, Avi Loeb made headlines back in 2018 with his suggestion that a muamua could be an alien probe powered by a solar sail, more prosaic explanations put forward by researchers included an asteroid that was once a piece of a planet or simply a strange comet. Not a strange comet, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. What do you this think it thing is? is a probe at least. Giant alien at probe? The, at the very least. Well, at the most, what do you think it is? Oh, I think it's full of alien creatures. Oh, they're, they're in there. They're inside. They're there. inside there floating around looking for a new home, dude. This is an ark. Do you think they just passed over us then? Yes. I think they saw too many signs of complex life that they couldn't stop here because because it's possible they may be one of the few or they had the scatter shots right and so everyone's out checking places and it's like well this would not be a hundred percent easy to take over it's occupied it could be a prime directive situation as well like well there's there's yeah, you know, sentient beings here. We're not going to mess with it. Yeah, there's there's other places. It's not like a super emergency for us to get to a spot, but it's not good. But here's the thing, dude. What are they running away from? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe another alien race. We'll, we'll what are they to, running away from? If only they would have sent us a message, we could have found out. And maybe they did. We just don't know how to get it. Or they did, and they, we did get it. They're just not telling us. <laughs> they are not telling us. Capital T. Capital T, they are not telling us. All right, back to the article. Although the comet hypothesis had drawn skepticism from scientists since Oumuamua did not exhibit the traits expected of such an object, a newly published paper from a pair of astronomers argues that it is precisely what the interstellar visitor was. All right, dude, give me the explanation for this because I'm not buying it, dude. I'm not buying it. (laughs) The researchers posit that cosmic radiation heated hydrogen found within the ball of ice, which was then accelerated through our solar system when it released the trapped gas. It's exactly what should happen to interstellar comets, the paper's co-author Daryl Seligman said in a press release, marveling that, quote, we had all these stupid ideas like hydrogen icebergs and other crazy things, and it's just the most generic explanation. Yeah, dude, but you would be burning off hydrogen if you were an alien ship. So that that's you probably would because you would want a energy source that you could harvest. Right. So if you were to go and harvest hydrogen, then that's what you're blasting out the back. What so be- is the the number one element in all of the universe? Hydrogen. And you know that because it's the very, it's number one, it's periodic. It's number one. It's literally it number first. one. It's number one. It's got, it. that's, that's the juice, baby. <laughs> that's the juice. It, we, none of this exists without hydrogen. 
It does not. It does That's not the change. juice, baby. Come on. All right, back to the article. Although many media outlets have heralded the new paper for having solved the mystery of Oumuamua, as one might imagine, not everyone is convinced of the study's conclusion as Loeb dismissed the findings to the New York Times. This is what I'm talking about, dude. I mean, when the media starts getting involved in it, they're like, oh, thank goodness for these guys. Dude, fake news. <laughs> fake news. All right, so from Loeb, quote, the authors of the new paper claim that it was a water ice comet, even though we did not see the cometary tail, he told the newspaper. This is like saying an elephant is a zebra without stripes. Dude, we got so close to the truth on this one, and they are having to scrub it, dude. They're having to scrub it. We're not even going to remember the name Amuamua in two years. Uh, well, I mean, Amuamua was in 2017, I think. They're going to scrub it from our lives, dude. <laughs> it's been a, I'll, I'll never forget the name Amuamua. It's such a memorable name. It's so it's fun to so say. It's so good. They did such a good... And, and whatever state-sanctioned astronomer picked that name, dude, very subversive. Very subversive. All right, to the article. To that end... Comet expert Karen Meach told the Times that the idea is plausible, but stressed that I'm not willing to say it solves things and opined that the smoking gun in such an instance would be the spectroscopic detection of hydrogen being emitted from the object. So we're we're still kind of a mystery. Still a bit of a mystery. It's It's a good hypothesis that I think is, you know, like they said, it's the simplest, most boring explanation. But we I don't, don't know think for sure, so, dude. I don't think it is. I you really don't think, don't think it is. I think the m mere impossibility of a of that exact formation being created in the universe that is not a, that is not and things go circular for a reason in the universe. That thing should have broken up a hundred times by now. If it was a natural formation. No, what I was saying was that that was the most, it's the most boring hypothesis you could have. I'm not saying it's the best, Chris. I'm oh, saying it's oh, the most boring. I thought you were trying to give me some like Occam's razor type. Well, stuff. you could play Occam's razor with it. I just think it's the most boring one. And that's why I choose not to believe it. Not because <laughs> I don't base that on anything besides it's super boring. I Until much you have definitive proof. I'm believing it's alien <laughs> chips. Yeah. Until, until uh, the head skeptic can, sh can show me a picture of a movie, there you a go. real picture. I'm going to believe it's a probe. I don't think there's aliens on it. I think it's a probe with solar sails. I choose to believe that that is my you head. Hear that Michael Shermer, <laughs> you hear that? I love Michael Shermer. I think he's a That's sweet boy. That's an alien <laughs> spaceship, Amuamua is. He, I feel like he validated me just believing in conspiracies for no reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if this is a guy who doesn't believe him, like, wow, I guess I'm I'm just going to be a conspiracy theorist. Please just, just call me one. He might have radicalized me more. Who knows? <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying oh uh, all right like, well man, this this you're kind of making all of our points michael Shermer. what's going on i yeah he's a sweet boy all right but let's get to our episode we already did michael Shermer. that was last yeah, week you're right you're this right. is this week yes you're right before we get to the episode some quick housekeeping 
Uh, we have an email address. Send your thoughts to c2cpmpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at c2cpmpod or on our subreddit, Coast to Coast PM. All that will be in the show notes. If you like the show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It is the easiest way that you can support us. Just take the two seconds. Go, go, go run and do it. And then also make sure to subscribe. We drop every Thursday and that'll make sure you never miss an episode. Last thing, you can also support us on Patreon by following the link in the show notes to get ad-free episodes and also early access to episodes. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll get episodes on Tuesday. And we also take your episode requests a lot more seriously if you are a patron. So uh, thank you to all our current patrons. And I think that's it, Chris. Anything else? Beautiful. July 16th, 1996 episode of Coast to Coast AM, the vampire open lines with Art Bell, where our good friend Brian J. L. Glass will make an appearance. Just go to it. Just go straight to it. All right. Now, Just go to it. Here's where we start. Art Bell got a message from a listener who says that they saw a vampire. Okay. Or oh, met a vampire. Met right. a vampire. Met. I've been to a vampire bar in New Orleans, Paul. Maybe more about that later. I think someone on this show also has been to that bar. It's it's a decently well-known bar. It was like whispered to us, though. They were like, you know, this is a vampire bar, right? And I was like, guys, we need to get out of here. Right I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. We need people. to get out of here right now. All right. So to the first vampire story. You're going to love this. Uh, it is from the state of Washington. And I've got some response to it since I read it uh, several nights ago. Dear Mr. Bell, please, sir, you must listen to me. I have met a vampire on the Internet. And for the last few days now, I've been afraid to sleep because of what might happen to me in my dreams. It appears this vampire is using the net as a way to meet its victims. It also appears this particular vampire doesn't drink blood, but... It does try to seduce you so it can steal your body for one of its demonic friends. Early 90s, dude. I I guarantee you Dracula would be on the cutting edge of technology, dude. I was going to say it's kind of impressive in 1996 that yeah. vampires have already figured out how to leverage the internet to lure victims. That's uh, respect, dude. Respect. Dude, they were they were on DARPAnet, dude. The vampires, no doubt. Well, I think part of me would have thought, you know how like boomers have such a hard time with technology, like, you know, the the joke that they can't make a PDF. Yeah, I right. just had this. I feel like vampires should have a hard time with technology as well because they, they just have not been around. It's all so new to them. Right. You know, and right. you've been around since 1800. They were like gaslight. You know what I mean? And now they're having to figure out a computer. I don't know. Props to them, though, for figuring this out. I disagree, man. I think the, most of these beings would be hyper intelligent and would would understand they have to stay abreast of the times to survive. So just super adaptable. Right. And and most vampires have mentors, you know, especially mm -hmm. the person who turned you is supposed to mentor you through the life of being a vampire. Mm -hmm. So they would be much older than you theoretically. Yeah, that's true. So you, you have a, just a, a boss man to, to kind of walk you around. Right, right, exactly. 
All right, so let's finish up the story that it got. So I have the rest of this facts in two parts that we have time to okay. commentate. But this is this is the next part of the uh, facts or story of meeting a vampire. Here is a transcript of what occurred on the internet. Um, I was in this chat room, a kind of cyber singles bar located on the web. I was contacted by what I believed to be a female who introduced herself as Claudia. She told me she was a vampire, asked me if I wanted to chat. First, I thought it was some kind of stupid joke, so I agreed to chat. Told me she liked to dress up in black skin-tight spandex bodysuits with black knee-high, high-heeled leather boots and black leather gloves. She described herself as looking as if she was 17, but actually she was much older. I asked her if she was going to suck my blood or something, and she told me, real vampires don't do that. She said that if I wanted her, I mean really wanted her, that I would give her my soul. I said, okay. She said that tonight she would come to me in my dreams, and that tonight I would be a king. First point I would like to make, Paul, mm -hmm. is that Cyber Singles Bar is one of the lamest <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it doesn't Thank make God me feel that good. nomenclature. Thank God that nomenclature did not stick, dude. That's awful. It's kind of a cyber singles bar. Like that's like how they would like market hinge or something, you know? Yeah, that's some 1996 shit, dude, for sure. Like yeah, that's gross. Awful. That it just feels gross. dirty. It makes me yeah. feel dirty. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's disgusting. I don't like it. I don't want to be there. But, oh, I guess that's why a vampire's hanging out there, right? It's kind of a gross, yeah. dirty place. Well, and there's really a bit of desperation at the cybersinglesbar.com or whatever this is, you know, like, you know, if, if there's someone who comes on, it's like, I'm a woman. I, will you let me take your soul? And you agree. I mean, also, why do you keep talking to the person when they ask for your soul? I just feel like that's where I end a conversation. A lonely dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can have my soul. I don't like, do we get to have sex? Yeah, you <laughs> what, can have my soul. Whatever you're into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that your kink? Yeah. I'll, you can, I'll, I'll give you little parts of it. Whatever you want, dude. I mean, listen, I don't mean to kink shame, okay? If you're into taking people's souls, that's fair. Also, she kind of sounds like Trinity from The Matrix. A little bit, a little bit. Right? Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like thinking some like Rob Zombie in the background for this chick. Yeah, you know, taking this guy down the rabbit hole for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, I feel you. All right, so the next part of this, uh, this facts that Art got wrapping up the story of uh, this soul sucking uh, online uh succubus i guess she said that tonight i would be king tomorrow i would be one of them she told me the land of the dead and the world of dreams are one and the same i was then told to remove any religious symbols or pictures and christian bibles from my room i was also told that she had some problems going through doors windows and walls I was even told that the sex could be ten times better if I would just take the time to break an egg into a small bowl and then urinate on it. 
I was told the offering was being made to its Tuxaman, whoever that is, Tuxaman. She told me when she came for me, my soul would leave my body. She said that once I was in her arms, she'd break the fine silver cord attached to the top of my head, and that my body would be given to another, someone much stronger. This dude got catfished so <laughs> hard. We're right here. We're seeing a very early version of the catfish, dude. And yeah. it's weird. It was probably some like 17 year old boy messing with this guy. <laughs> or like another 40 year old dude. Uh, could have been, yeah. You know what? I mean? That's probably who it was. This is 96, dude. It's just like, yeah, uh, crack an egg in a bowl and pee on it. <laughs> It's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. That's a troll, dude. Big time. Like, I don't... like I'm gonna I'm gonna make this lonely dude piss in his own bowl. At one point, also, he was apparently told to like pee on his own feet to make his orgasms better. It was very strange stuff. Yeah, dude. This is what I'm talking about. This this is a big catfish troll. And here's the thing, dude. I'm all for a little bit of spooky magic. Like, if you listen to the Evelyn Paglini episode, you know we're fans of the magic. We're into like, it. It's, we're it's into good. It. It's good stuff. Yeah. I just don't remember Evelyn Paglini ever telling us to pee into a bowl. I just feel like that's my line. She was very light on urine. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of urine talk. From Not a lot of Paglini's. wet play or whatever they call it. Yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly candles and... Uh, I think salt? that was mostly a lot yeah, of salt. salt. Yeah, <laughs> salt and candles. So uh if somebody's telling you to pee to do magic, look into it, y'all. Don't don't just start peeing. That's that's very Aleister Crowley, though. I think there's a lot of urine and semen in his magic. So Yeah, maybe we don't go down that road right now. Bad road. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's uh let's let's get back to it. So we got we got this vampire faxes in, art reads it off, and then he goes back to his normal show. So people are chit-chatting, they're calling in, talking about the economy, complaining about politicians, um, talking about some chupacabra-type situation in Nashville. A lot of different things are brought up until Art gets this fax. Uh, so there you have it. And then this, Art, vampires on the internet? Hmm, well, what do I say? Superstition lives, eh? Maybe you should open a vampire line, Matt, in Portland. Matt, you're a genius. Yes, a vampire line. I have never talked to a vampire. Let us open a vampire line. Only vampires. Real vampires. Anybody joking around uh, will be ejected for all time eternal on this program. Dude, there's no way he doesn't get a bunch of pranksters. We'll find out, Chris. We will find okay. out. I just, all right. I do love though. I feel like you just don't get radio like this anymore. It's just no. so organic. Someone writes in, just yeah. like open the vampire line. He's just like, let's do it, man. I mean, that's the that was the genius of whoever decided to give Art Bell his own show. I mm -hmm. mean, that must have been something that he had in his contract that is kind of like I get to do whatever I want nightly. Yeah, like literally whatever he's feeling that evening, he could just flip it on a dime. Well, I imagine that like Howard Stern and um, what was it, Imus, that those types of guys were kind of had the same thing, right? They got to yeah. do whatever they wanted to. It just they weren't talking to vampires. No, yeah. I bet Howard Stern has a vampire episode. He always did like a weird thing every once in a while. 
he probably had some vampires on it for yeah. sure. But I think I think when you're this good, they're like just let him do his thing. Yeah, right, right, right. And so it's just like he'll make he'll make four hours of radio out of it. And he did. He and he did. <laughs> so let's get into our first vampire. Let's see how much we believe this. So vampire number one calls in on our newly established vampire line. Let us see what we've got here on my vampire line. You are on the air. Good morning, Art. This is Wade. Wade. Uh, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. W- WKXY. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, my my policy began March uh, 6, 1996 in uh, New Orleans at a place called The Dungeon. That's where you met somebody, I take it? Uh, just the most uh, amazing place, the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. Uh, well, you know, what, I, what was it? Tell us. Walked in, uh, beautiful gals, white skin, black lips, dark eyes, dark hair, and it was, you know, four flights up, and it was the most amazing club I've ever been into, and things started to happen from there. <laughs> Is this the bar you were talking about? Dude, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the bar, but I'm telling you something that it was like told to us is like, yeah, this is like a vampire bar where vampires hang out. And I was like, this is that's weird, dude. (laughs) And then I started like, you know, this, you know, when you walk into a bar and you don't really see the place and you're just like immediately, I need some alcohol. Yeah. And you're sitting at the bar and you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of like an eclectic place. You know what I mean? It's super dark. Everything kind of looks old. It's like a speakeasy, but you're in New Orleans, right? You're like, I don't know, whatever. And then, yeah, you start like looking around and you're like, yeah, people have like frilly shirts on and stuff. That's not normal. But it's Mardi Gras, and so you don't think about it again, right? It's just like, well, people are dressed up weird, whatever, you know. Just give me my alcohol, you know, whatever. It's not like they're selling blood at the place, you know what I mean? It's not like it's like, oh, you want alcohol? We only sell blood here. I just like the idea, though, if you had turned around and everyone had, like, uh, like champagne glasses and, like, martini glasses just full of red liquid. Full of just like, red, yeah. I guess there's a special on that drink today. Yeah. I don't know what's going to I'll have what everyone else is having. Give me one of the red ones, please. <laughs> Very popular. Is that a hurricane? I've heard of these. <laughs> it's blood, sir. Oh, blood. Yeah, give me uh, two shots of blood, please. There's no way there's more than one vampire bar in New Orleans, though. Dude, it's, New Orleans is weird, dude. New Orleans is a weird place full of really weird people. It's it's wonderful. It's magical. It's fantastic. But, like, especially just there's magic and voodoo and just weird stuff happening all the time, dude. They, they, they keep their dead above ground in New Orleans. This is a weird place. Well, if we have any New Orleans listeners and if you're familiar with the vampire bar scene there, uh, please email us to cp and pop gmail.com. Yeah, please. If it's called the dungeon still, then that's the one I went to. There you go. All right. So vampire number one uh, continues on with the story. And apparently he has lost his soul. Were you seduced? Absolutely. Did you promise your soul in return for this seduction? No. No, it was just one thing that just it, one thing led to another. And, and I have uh, witnesses and it's just. Well, you're saying a lot of things without saying anything. This letter that I read from the Internet. It seemed quite clear that um, the seduction was occurring to to obtain that person's soul. I I don't have a soul. I, I, I had a soul up to March 6th. Oh, you, you, so you're saying 
you something ha happened. You're saying you have lost your soul. Something has happened. But uh, at the same time, it's the most pleasurable thing that you can imagine. That's exactly what this other person said. Are you not concerned for your soul? Uh, being a Christian, as I have been my whole life, nah. Nah? Who needs a soul, dude? What's it getting me? <laughs> not much, man. I have gotten nothing for my soul. Well, my well, what's it getting me? Huh? So, yeah, I'm kind of with this guy. Let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice. It's like an appendix, dude. It probably had a reason at some point. At some point, you needed it. That was our first vampire, Chris. I don't know well, if I was good. buying it, though. No, really no. I mean, the Vampire Bar is a real place in New Orleans. I don't know if it was called the Dungeon or not, like I said. And these were definitely people LARPing as vampires. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have had some basket cases who actually thought they were vampires. But I think for the most part, it was like it was almost like a Dungeons and Dragons thing. So... The dungeon is still open, apparently. There you go. Maybe that was it. Is it I, like, is it near Bourbon Street? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Oh, perfect, dude. And that's definitely the one we went to. Definitely yeah. the one we went to. Yeah, so I think this this is the one that you probably went to there, Chris. And it looks super cool inside, dude. It, it does look really cool. fun. Yeah. It, it was totally cool. But yeah, once they were like, this is a vampire bar. And I was like, I don't even want to know what that means, actually. But, so, like, honestly, man, no shade. If you like to go out on a Saturday night and pretend to be a vampire, more power to you. I respect I'm, it. I'm, on a Sunday afternoon, I pretend I'm a, a hill dwarf. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are we talking about here? So it's like, go, good. Do, do, do the vampire thing. thing. Now, it's I not may my not, thing. It's I not may my not thing. stick around for it, but, yeah. Yeah, it's not my you. thing. It's not my thing, but you don't want to be a hill dwarf. So we're all good. We're all good. All right, so let's. We're not really sold on Vamp One. Let's check out Vampire Number Two. Yeah. Can you call them vamps? Is that derogatory? I'm pretty sure that in some literature it is derogatory, mm -hmm. but I'm going to allow it. Okay, it's cool. Um, if we have any vampire listeners, see to cp and pod gmail .com, Let me know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll actually we'll do a little interview, and you can teach us about a uh, real vamp lore. I know nothing yeah. about this subculture. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Vamp Two. Vamp Two. I can give you several bits of proof. Uh, I tell you the industry that I'm in right now. I'm in the telemarketing industry, and I touch base with somewhat vampire-like, actually. Hundreds of people yes. every day. Bob Keats, who's a well-known author, is a personal friend of mine. All right. Well, I, I don't want to identify you too closely. You're telling us you really are a vampire. I really am a vampire. All right. What? First of all. What Let is, me clear up a couple of things, though. Please. What, in other words, what is a vampire? So we all might understand. I read the. You heard the facts I read. I take it on the internet deal. I'm afraid that I'm not familiar with that. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry you didn't hear that. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. As first of all, I have the ability to suck blood through fangs that I naturally have. However, I don't need to do that. As far as things like garlic, other things like that, sunshine. That's all a bunch of BS. Yeah, I suspected that might it be. It doesn't hurt you at all. Doesn't, huh? As far as super strength and super adrenaline, that's absolutely true. How about crosses and Bibles? It, it actually has, it depends on your inner self and your own belief and your own faith and your level, you know, within the cult. But uh, actually, that shouldn't be too much of a hindrance either. This dude is good, dude. He's sticking landing. 
This guy actually thought it through when he called in. Being in the telecommunications world, I was like, this guy's definitely a vampire. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely is. And it also reminds me of the book I Am Legend, where he was saying yes. that your fear of crosses, it really only applies like if you were a Christian beforehand, right? Um, or, you know, if you were Jewish, the Star of David would potentially repel right. you. Right. That's it's a talisman. And the mm -hmm. talisman, much like we were talking about with Harry Potter and the the wand, right? It's just the vehicle in which you 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 direct the energy or of the positive faith or whatever it is well sp in, specifically in i am legend it was it's a residual fear from when you were alive so I, if you, I, I know yeah. i know i i i'm not talking about the i am legend oh, okay. Stuff. okay he doesn't really talk about that well no he, but, he mentioned it's like your inner self right but but that's what i'm not him i thought he was saying it was I think Art was asking if I used a cross against you, yeah, would it work? And what he was saying is that it was the inner faith of the person using the cross against him. That if you weren't actually spiritually positive, didn't actually have good intentions in the belief structure, then it wouldn't work. You have to have those things for the talisman to work quite from what I understood him to say is you don't even really need the cross if you're a good person, right? If you are, if you can positively direct your force. That's interesting. Now, so I had interpreted that differently. I thought he was saying that it, the cross will only have an impact on you if you. No, like... I think that's, I am legend messing with you. I think he was saying that because this is actually that, that is much more vampire lore, actually, and I think he's taking that directly from Stephen King, Salem's Lot, because oh, if you yeah. remember when Father Callahan is fighting the Dracula character, he loses faith mid-battle, mm -hmm. and then the vampire comes up and breaks the cross. Yeah, yeah you're right. Maybe it's more Salem's Lot than, yeah. uh, than I Am Legend. Yeah, I think actually he first imprints the cross into father callahan's head and yeah. then breaks it yeah. which is pretty metal very very metal well let's get a little more, even more metaphysical with it chris with our, with our vampire number two every living thing on the planet mm -hmm. is surrounded by an electromagnetic field uh -huh. i believe that when you die that electromagnetic field is released from your vessel Housed within that energy is the essence of your soul. Your essence. Whether or you're recycled into the vast electromagnetic field created by the core of the Earth, whether you escape the Earth and you go to the solar system, the center of electromagnetic energy in our solar system, you can actually feed on this energy. It is a massive energy. It affects computer systems. It affects electrical circuitry. It affects the photoelectric cells and streetlights. It affects psychological behavior in humans. I'm 100% sold by this man. This is unbelievable <laughs> stuff, dude. He's This is incredible. His yeah. like life philosophy is pretty incredible. Yeah. I'm loving it so far, dude. I could listen to that guy all day. Hey, he was pretty good, man. And I, I really like kind of this idea of like, you know, the energy around you and like your impact on everything else. And the fact that vampires are feeding off of that. That's just a really cool idea. 
what an incredible idea switches up the classic vampire sucking blood you know it's more it's metaphysical blood man well and it really it's almost kind of like archons and stuff like that you know what i mean kind of what they claim like some lizard people are doing or (laughs) yeah what aliens are doing sometimes that they're feeding off of our bad energies Mm -hmm. right and he's not saying it's not bad or good or any it's just like it's all just surrounding you it's the force right it's many chlorines Big Lawrence were the worst part of Star Wars. So bad, so bad. But keep going. <laughs> His uh, midichlorian count is off the charts. <laughs> never brought up again in any other movie. All right, so that's vampire number two. Pretty good. Per- Dude, that, I have trouble believing it's going to get better than that. It may or may not. We'll have to find out. <laughs> so let's jump to vampire number three. You have to say, what is a vampire? Yes. Are you a seducer? No, it's not about sex. It's not about a vampire. A vampire wants blood. But all this happens on the astral plane. All right, slow up. Did you actually... I have have had blood on this plane, yes. And I've had blood, a lot of blood on the astral plane. Human human blood? Oh, yes. Yes, I understand. And so then you actually seek out people. I mean... Yes, and the coward, the, well, oh. I don't want to call myself a coward, but the, the more timid amongst us will do it by, by asking and finding people that want to give their blood. But there are those that enjoy taking it by force. So I missed the part about the astral plane blood. Like, you can start off with, she was. I think she was kind of falling up off vampire number two. Like, okay. you can start with kind of feeding off of energy, but then you okay. go for the physical blood. Right. That's okay. kind of what she was saying during during her portion. She wasn't sticking the landing. No, and she was rambling a lot. I had to trim it quite a bit just to try yeah. and fit in what she was saying. But that's kind of where she was getting at is that it's it's two stages. Stage one, yeah. you feed off the force. Stage two, you suck them dry. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, was all right. That was okay. So let's, let's get to her explanation, though, of how she gets blood from people. Because she's not just feeding off their force, man. She has to actually get their blood. And she's saying... That some people give it voluntarily because she doesn't like to hurt them. I would think going up to somebody or even in a social circumstance and saying something like, hey, how about a little blood? Just wouldn't go over. I mean, how do you get somebody to agree to that? Well, um, there's like a mutual attraction or on some level you can see Uh, who's, you can sense who's into that. So then there is... There is an element, uh, you, you say not seduction, but... It's not, it has nothing to do with that. I understand, but it, it's a kind of a seduction, though, isn't it? I wouldn't call it a seduction. Some people are just out there wanting to give their blood, but I've also had blood from people that didn't know that, I, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm a nurse, so I was uh, in a sort of an oh. optimal place to get fresh blood. Oh. There's a lot of vampires in the um, healthcare field. There's a lot of vampires working grave shifts, so third shift, brave shift, whatever you want to call it. I never thought of that. Oh, yeah. It would be a really good place to be a vampire, would be a hospital. I did love that idea that she's a nurse who's just, like, stealing blood from people. I also love the, some people just want to give you their blood. I don't know what to tell you, Art. They just give it to you. She was one who had not thought it through. No, she hadn't thought it through too much. But I believe 
that this is actually uh, 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 actual in the vampire lore that this is actually a pretty common idea of people willingly giving themselves to a vampire to be what I believe Wesley Snipes Blade calls a blood bag. Yeah, which is someone who's who's giving up their blood willingly, right? Slowly, I believe in Blade. It was be, it was off the hope that at some point they would turn you into a vampire, right? That, um, and then you also like a lot of them were like the daytime henchmen because mm-hmm. in Blade lore they do fear daytime, which I think sticks, dude. I don't know if I love the daywalker idea. Unless you are literally Blade, unless you are half human, half yes. vampire, half then and I'm half. cool with Daywalker. Okay, if you're full okay. vampire, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, dude, you got to stay in the dark. You can't take sure. that away, dude. Like Thirty Days yeah. a Night, great yeah. movie, great concept. Vampires stay in the nighttime. It's yep. cool. Yep. All right. Well, glad we established that. So that was Vampire Number Three. Not Soul and Her either. Yeah, not not good. Number Two has been our best, dude. He may actually be a vampire. <laughs> He probably is. He's probably at that bar in New Orleans right now. Yes. All right. So vampire. No, that was that was number one, not so, number. Yeah, but he's he's visiting New Orleans. Okay. Vampire number four has a very diverse diet. So let's find out what he's eating. Well, I became a vampire on June eighth, nineteen sixty six. I was approximately twenty five years old at the time. June eighth. I was seduced by a female, and ever since then, I have had to survive off of feeding off of other people. All right. Um, without giving me the, the um, no doubt, titillating details of the seduction, um, would it be fair to say that she traded herself to you for your soul? Yeah, that would be a fair estimate. W- were you bitten? I don't even know if biting is the right word. I don't even know if, if that physical act occurs. Now, you heard the nurse before this uh, hour. She said she drank blood. Yes, um, the drinking blood part is optional. It depends on how you get your nourishment. You can feed off of blood, souls, or emotions. It's interesting that they've all attached to this idea that there's multiple ways in which vampires can gain sustenance. And here's something that I'm thinking about with that is is it because they're calling in and they would have to say yeah i'm killing people because i feel like that's an uncomfortable thing to say so that's almost giving them an out in their little story where they don't have to pretend to be someone who's killing folks well and i I don't even know if necessarily all the time that drinking somebody's blood led to death in vampire lore yeah you know what i mean i I mean a a lot of times times they weren't they weren't draining these people. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, we're getting into some, we're now, we're getting to the edges of vampire lore here, right? Yeah. And it becomes kind of difficult because my first thought is that art seems so wrapped around the idea of them taking the soul, which is not something that I typically think about in my vampire lore is the this wrapping around of the soul idea. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the vampire, once they become a vampire, no longer has a soul, right? Which was theoretically why the cross worked, why you put a wooden stake through them, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What 
why does art need the soul and what is a vampire going to do with the soul once they have it i i think a big part of art's obsession with it is more arts really into like demonology type things okay and that first fax was like i had to give my soul up and that's very right. much like i had to sell my soul to the devil yeah. to get this power so right. i think that's where his fixation is more coming from than anything else yeah yeah he's really yeah. into that stuff right trying to yeah he's, he's i guess he's just trying to put too much christianity into it for me yeah um and i'm trying to like strip out some of that i'm like it's it, it's all very dumb but i'm like trying to strip out some of the things and try to like give real vampire lore a structure you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's we don't need the christianity and the vampire stuff dude leave right. that out just yeah. let the vamps be vamps man yeah let, uh, well but but there wouldn't just be christian vampires yeah. right there would be hindu vampires and muslim vampires and atheist vampires you know mm -hmm. what i mean and, and in fact real vampires are probably mostly atheists but i'm talking about the cultures in which they are propagating in right yeah. unless there's some vampire cult and they have their own special gods that they probably cool. do they probably do i mean cool. again i think blade talks about that where it was like king king vampire the one that started it all who was like a partial god mm -hmm. we need more vampire cults let's work on that so vampire four also goes into like how did he know he was being turned into a vampire like mm -hmm. how do you know that it was happening right all right back on june 8th 1906 and 6 did this woman tell you what she was doing in a roundabout way yes she did not come right out and say it then how do you know it happened afterwards it was brought brought to my attention rather abruptly you um are you then compelled yes you are you like i said you have no choice you become addicted and you have to feed that's on i i appreciate your call thank you all right there is another one and that that's pretty common in the in the vampire lore this um and again it's it's almost always blood right but you can't eat anything else nothing else can sustain you except live blood yeah i just i think four wasn't sticking it dude four gonna stick it he didn't, didn't stick it out it wasn't great wasn't super impressed i'm gonna give him like a three out of ten on that performance. yeah dude two two smashing it dude two is smashing it out of the park has done the best job hands down all right, we got two more vampires to go through. So let's get okay. to number five. See what's up with five. See if see if five is going to sell us. You wanted to speak to a vampire? That's right. A real one. That's correct. You're talking to one. The name's Peter. I have been a vampire since October 21st, 1927. Wait a minute. October 21st, 1927? Exactly. You're then obviously uh, immortal? Exactly. Great year to pick. But a difficult year to pick, dude. You got to know a little bit about history if you're going to go that early. I just appreciate that we finally got a vampire that was saying they are old. Everyone else was like, oh, I got turned to like a 94. You know, that's not yeah. fun. I, I think want... like 68 or yeah. something. 66 was our earliest. But yeah. yeah, dude, going to the 20s is a little ballsy. It's that's a little someone... ballsy. Because, yeah, if you're saying you got turned in the 60s and it's 96, like... Yeah. That's 30 years, you know? Yeah. I'm not impressed by that. But yeah, the 20s, great. Great work. Yeah, this guy's putting in some time. Let's go. 
All right. So how did this guy get turned? How did he become a vampire? How did you become a vampire? I was brought into this world by my master. His name was Gregory. He took me in on that date after I surrendered my soul to him. How did Gregory talk you into it? I had just lost my love to another man. In anger, he came to me and gave me an option. Oh, you had lost your love, I'm sorry, a woman yes. to another man. Yes. You were angry. Mm -hmm. And this man offered you what? A chance for revenge and immortality. And I was willing to surrender my soul for it. He's doing a pretty good job right now, dude. And also, like, very classic vampire tropes that he's touching mm -hmm. upon. Yeah. Good stuff so far, dude. Good stuff. And, and the other thing, too, is he is now admitting to killing people as a vampire, which you shouldn't kill people. But if you're giving me a vampire story. Yeah. It sells it more. You got it. You got to <laughs> You got to take one person. All right. So the other thing with being a vampire, apparently, is that you lose all morality, which that's a bummer. Yes. Are you, how old were you in 1927? I you, was 25. 25. And has the process of aging within you ceased? Yes, exactly. I am the same age I was since then. That's absolutely amazing. Um, do you have regrets? Are you sorry? Is it a terrible existence? Why, why would I have any regrets? I'm just asking. For tra trading my soul? What what a puny thing to lose when you when there's no more right or wrong. There's no more conscious. Nothing can stop you. Take what you want, and there's nothing there to stop you. Why would it be? Why would it have any regrets? When did right and wrong stop? Since that day. For you. Yes. It's kind of funny that that's the second time we've heard twenty five. Oh yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I guess the numbers get getting stuck in people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> I was 25. I was young and virile, strapping almost. <laughs> That's such a good age to get turned into a vampire. Oh, it's the perfect age. This is the best age. It's really good. It's a really good age because you're like turning into a man, right? Yeah. But you still have a lot of that vitality, right? Yeah, it's when you're your most spry, but you get full respect in society. Right, right. So that's right. a great way to run yeah. through, I don't yeah. know, 800 years or so is it yeah. at 25. And 24, too young, 26, too old, 25, perfect. Sweet spot, sweet spot. All right, so last bit from Vampire number five. How often does he have to eat? I am curious. Now, what is it you need to sustain yourself in this immortality? The blood of a living person. And how frequently is that needed? Oh, I often do it once every two weeks. If I'm really, really in the mood, maybe three times a week. I mean, do you not fear being caught? In the act. No, never. Never have it. That's one of the things you lose. You, there is nothing to fear now. So is he claiming that he's killing these people every time he feeds, or he can kind of get away with just taking a little bit and going off to the next victim? He appears to be claiming that he's killing people. My Lord. Yeah. That's, so he has a pretty high body count at this point. Huge body count, dude. Yeah, since the 20s. Yeah. This guy's been killing someone like every other week. Yeah, that's unless impressive. unless he's really in the mood. Yeah, unless he's in, and then three in a week, dude. Yeah, dude, you never know. Never know. Don't don't be around him when he's in the mood. <laughs> so he was he was a little better. I don't know if that top two, but he was better. 
Yeah, no, it, he was better than our others. He's probably in second place right now. Yeah. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. He had some good, he had some good tropes. I'm actually going to give Art the bad points on there. I don't think Art was asking quite the right questions. But again, Art is stuck on this like the soul sustenance and soul thing. Much like coast callers, the hosts can also sometimes get stuck on an idea. Get stuck on an idea, yeah. and it's like. Art, there's like so much more to the vampire lore than you're going after, my dude. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Well, let's get to our last one. Vampire number six, who really didn't want to be a vampire at all. You're claiming you're a vampire. Please don't do not use that word. That word was brought forth by your own history and folklore. It's all I know. What should I call you? Uh, my soul is damned. I don't enjoy this, mister, but I... I all right, then I why... I don't enjoy this all right, at then, all. then why did you get into it, then? I had no choice. Well, tell me... I'll give you a small and short history. All right, go As ahead. much as I can remember. Go right ahead. In the early 20th century, somewhere... I don't remember exactly, 1910, somewhere around there. And that was the... Now, I was taking... I was taken by one of my teammates. I don't remember exactly. A person never does. Right now, your papers talk about repressed memory syndrome. I believe I have a repressed memory syndrome. I can remember <clears throat> several details, excuse me, several details of being indoctrinated. But since then, much of it's a blur. I hear you smoke. You have a compulsion to smoke, is that correct? Yes. My compulsion is similar to yours. You cannot go without a cigarette for a day or so. I cannot go without a life force or nourishment for longer than 24 hours. The longer I live, the worse it becomes. That's our boy, J.O., dude, for sure. That is Brian J.O. Glass. That Most is certainly. our boy, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, the prequel to the Frantic Area 51 call, that is him. That's his first call into Coast. That you and you can hear aspects of the caller in it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's that was a dry run. Crazy. Because when he when he yells over art, you can yes. so hear the frantic area 51 caller voice. A, a million percent. Yeah. Well that was my first thought. I was like, holy cow. Yeah, that, yeah, that's him. That because he's if because also he clears his throat, mm -hmm. right? Because he's playing a bit, yeah, and he's a voice actor, and he's like, My voice is getting messed up. Like, you can kind of get all of it in here, dude, because mm -hmm. he's he's dropping his voice, he's like talking more gravely, yeah. and I just you you smoke, don't you? Are like, yeah, 100%, yeah. dude, 100%. Yeah. Well, and I actually, I pulled the clip from the 2015 interview with uh, Jimmy Church on Fade to Black. So for everyone that's a little rusty on the Area 51 caller episode, we have this on that episode, but just so that you can hear it again, this is Brian J. L. Glass talking about the first time he called in before he did the Area 51 call. And I would listen to Art and the very first inspiration for the call that became the Area 51 caller was a night that he had, he had vampires calling up. And everyone calling up was supposed to say they were a vampire. And that was where the first inspiration to kind of do 
the crazy paranoid guy to call in and be a vampire who actually wanted to be killed. That's so good, dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's him. Well, do you want to hear the last half of the uh, Brian Jail glass call? He has a Absolutely. little bit more. <laughs> Have to hear it. Once you spill the blood, once you've tasted the blood, and I'm calling it blood right now because that is what your folklore and your history has provided. I have the soul. You become that person. You take that soul. Now. And that nourishes you, feeds you? No, it doesn't. Sustains it keeps, you? It keeps me from doing it again within 24 hours or however the time span is. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have much time here. I'm right. very ill. All right. I'm well, very well, ill. I will let you go to whatever, whatever it is you're going to do. Um, that's an interesting, that is an interesting description. J.L. Glass, dude. My man. He he didn't get to do his whole bit. He clearly had a bit more to it. But, uh, yeah, that was the moment I heard that. Because I was listening. I was like, he's on this somewhere. The moment yeah. I heard him do that, like, yelling over heart, I was like, that's him. Yeah, that's him. That's, that's him. 100% him. Yeah. Oh man, thanks for that throwback, dude. That was nice. You know, you gotta you gotta just tie tie everything together in a little bow sometimes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> dude. You know, take me that take me down memory lane. Yep. There you go. Well, that was our uh, vampire open lines. Chris, scale of uh, one to five, what do you give the the vampire open lines episode? 